We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi! Welcome into the Force to Punt podcast. I'm your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for listening. Each and every week as we try to navigate the fantasy football season, try to help you get through the year, and try to help you survive and advance in your fantasy leagues. I'm not doing great in a lot of my fantasy leagues this year. I've suffered a lot of major injuries, uh, but I'm still here to try to help you navigate. We're still trying to work our way through each week the best that we possibly can with the players that we have on our rosters. Uh, I'm joined by my guy, Dusty Likens, as I am each and every week. Dusty, what's going on? Yo, yo. Um, what, week seven now in the NFL season, which seems bizarre, considering, I don't know, it just... Like, it's like we're in week 14, because, I mean, in both leagues, I am I am struggling to survive. And these two leagues that I'm in that are very expensive to uh, join, I'm three and three in both leagues. I'm 500. I'm, I've, I've survived most of this. And then every time I check on Christian McCaffrey's report, thinking that this is the week, it ends up being, well, they're going to wait another week and see what happens. So the injury bug, the bye weeks are starting to pile up. It's only week seven, and yet I feel like I've been in this NFL season for a full two years. Yeah, I saw yesterday that they're now saying with Christian McCaffrey it could be as late as week nine before he makes his return. Uh, so he is going to hopefully help your fantasy team down the stretch if you can weather the storm, if you happen to be deep at running back. Uh, hopefully you're still alive in this thing. Uh, in one league, I've managed to make it to four and two with Christian McCaffrey and Miles Sanders as my two lead running backs. And it's just been me playing matchups every week and, and just hoping for the best. I lost last week to a team that I should have that I should have beat. And so that's frustrating because I could have been five and one still weather in the CMC storm. Uh, but I'm still four and two. I'm still right there. Uh, another league I've managed to be five and one in and. It's a team and a roster that I think has no business being five and one where like Daryl Henderson and Mike Davis are my best running backs. Um, but that's that's fantasy football this year. Like you just got to 
You just got to try to set the best lineup that you can each and every week and hope for the best, and you got to play the matchups. That's what a lot of us have been doing, and some of you have been finding success. In the other league, I'm I'm 2-4, and four. and so it, it's that's that's how it's going for me this year. But I'm still trying to set the best lineup that I can each and every week, and that's all you can really do. Yeah, it's almost like every week is daily fantasy. Season long is out the drain, uh, with, or out the window, down the drain, with every single type of injury the the way the game is is being played this year um and we're also in a new era man like it's also kind of eye-opening that the days of scoring 120 to 125 points and you being able to sit back and relax and put your hands on your head and, and exhale confidently those days are done I mean you're looking at you got to put up 130 135 just to be comfortable to where you can go out to dinner with the lady or with the family at 7.30 on a Sunday night and be like, oh, you know, he's got Kyler Murray. He's down by 40. I'm okay. And then Kyler Murray puts up like 38 points, and you're like, holy cow, I only won by 1.6. Like, that's where we're at in fantasy as well. Not only is it COVID, not only is it injury plague season, but the game is changing because there's just so many more points on the board to where, like, when your guy used to be projected, I know that everybody looks at those little projection numbers, and when your guy was projected that 13.3, yeah, that doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah, and in our station guillotine league, Christian McCaffrey, this will be the third consecutive week that the team that had Christian McCaffrey got cut from the guillotine league because the team yeah. that had him initially, you know, he he wasn't startable, obviously, because he's been injured, but you can't cut him because he's Christian McCaffrey. So that team was trying to just get by without him. They got cut. Following week, the team that bid $400 on him got cut. And then this past week, Cody, uh, who bid a lot of money on him, got him on his team. But he was dealing with a bunch of bye weeks. He had Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson on bye, along with Christian McCaffrey on his bench. And he nice. wasn't able to get by, and he got cut. And so that's that's kind of where we're at right now, because if you had Christian McCaffrey on your roster, he was likely the number one overall pick, at the very least number two in your draft. And so you might not be that deep at running back because in most drafts, if you're in a snake draft, by the time you get back, there's not a lot of starting running backs left. And so your season's probably shot at this point, you know, unless you've been able to really manage it and you got lucky on some of these running backs, like you got a Daryl Henderson later and he, he's been really productive. Uh, you know, he had a couple of big games and then he's kind of been up and down the last couple of weeks, but he still appears to be the Rams starting running back. Like, that's just what you have to do each week. Like I, I, I'm in a league where Antonio Gibson and Miles Gaskin are my two starting running backs each and every week. Hey, take it easy on Miles Gaskin. That guy's a beast. I mean, I wouldn't exactly call him a beast, but he's a he's, he's a an every he's, down back in a team that has a lot of offensive potential. That's I mean, uh, that's he's a he's a warm body who's getting a significant amount of touches. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not he's not exactly running away with this thing in your fantasy football league. Like he's not putting you putting up 25 points for you every week. Like I'd much rather, I'd much rather have James Robinson than, than miles Gaskin. Okay. So the way that we just explained miles Gaskin, if we were both fathers of a child and our kid just got known the basketball game, I would have been like, you know what? You did pretty well. You would have been like, you know what? You're six kid. You got a lot of the time to go. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of, (laughs) a lot of time for improvement here. All right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel like there's somebody on the Chiefs roster that could use some improvement. Yeah, and so 
Uh, before we get into uh, some of these Week 7 games, I want to take a look at the Monday night football game or Monday afternoon football game against the Chiefs and Bills. Wasn't uh, that nice? Yeah, 4 p.m. start, fantastic. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a selfish, I'm a selfish you-know-what, but I mean, man, it was over at 7? And yeah. then you could just cook dinner and go to bed by 8.30? I mean, I'm old, but man, that was nice. Oh, I... I made so much mac and cheese the football mm. Sunday before that I just had leftovers, and I ate like three bowls of mac and cheese because football started so early. Oh, it was, nice. it was fantastic. I, I would love to see that more <laughs> moving forward. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, and then you know I only watched like the first quarter of the second game because oh. I didn't really care that much about it, and it turns out it was a garbage game. Anyways, uh, so I'm glad I didn't stay up late and watch that. I went to bed early. Fantastic. More more Monday 4 p.m. football, please. Um, you Thursday football. Yes, yes. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Uh, but what I want to take a look at is, you know, going into this week, it was a big talking point across the station. Uh, McCole Hardman, we wanted to see something from him because Sammy Watkins did not play in this game, and Sammy Watkins might be out for uh, a couple more weeks. Uh, the way the way it's looking for the Chiefs. And so they need somebody to step up. And I was kind of saying all week last week and on the fantasy show on Sunday, I was heavy. Do not put McCole Hardman in your lineup. I was like, you know, I could see them moving Tyreek Hill to the slot a lot in this game. And that means that uh, he's not going to see Tredavious White because Tredavious White doesn't play the slot. He only plays outside wide receivers. So McCole Hardman could see a lot of Tredavious White in this game. But he didn't even really get the opportunity to do that. He only played 29 offensive snaps. Demarcus Robinson had the most offensive snaps of any player not named Patrick Mahomes or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It was like he had he had one more offensive snap than Tyreek Hill even. And Demarcus Robinson led the team in receiving yards. And now this wasn't, you know, the Chiefs took what the Bills were giving them. The Bills are a team that you can run on. Their defensive front uh, with all the talent and high draft picks that they have just is not very good. And so the Chiefs gave Clyde Edwards-Alaire 26 touches, and he ran for over 160 yards and looked fantastic. And they just didn't have to throw the ball that much in this game. And so, you know, Mahomes still wound up with a couple touchdown passes, still wound up with a decent fantasy day, but nothing uh, otherworldly. And Travis Kelsey was still fantastic. Tyreek Hill didn't do much. He had a quiet night. But Demarcus Robinson is the guy that, if you're going to take a chance on a Chiefs wide receiver or a pass catcher that's not... Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, it's Demarcus Robinson until Sammy comes back. Like, McCole Hardman is still the same boomer bust player that he was as a rookie. And now I like his talent. I just haven't seen much growth from him as a wide receiver. And apparently the Chiefs haven't either because he's just not getting the opportunities. He So I was listening uh, to a podcast on the way in uh, where they really break down the snaps, like run-to-pass snaps. And so the offensive snaps that McCole Hardman was even in on, Byron Pringle got more passing down snaps than McCole Hardman did. McCole Hardman was in on more run play snaps than Byron Pringle was. And so that was part of the narrative going into the game was, oh, Sammy's a better blocker and Demarcus Robinson's a better blocker, so maybe that's why. And maybe that maybe that's why we wound up seeing him get more snaps. No, it wasn't even that. Like, he just wasn't in on the passing place. He's just not getting that many offensive opportunities, and that means in practice they're not seeing enough growth from him as a wide receiver for him to be a significant part of the offense, and he's not a guy that belongs on your roster. Like, like you're, he's just wasting space on your roster, 
if you're keeping him on your bench in hopes that he's going to develop into any type of consistent fantasy asset. Yeah, and the thing that's very interesting about this is that this Chiefs team is, like, if you have his skill set, and again, this is nothing against McCall Hardman. I'm not trying to, I'm not trashing or dogging McCall Hardman. I'm just giving people the reality of what this is. And I'll give you a player of who he reminds me of because Sir and I text back and forth on, on Monday night after we watch this game. But the thing is, is they drafted McCall Hardman in a position and with a mindset that, that he would be a um, contributor by at least the second season. Like last year, you know, he had, I, I believe he had six or seven touchdowns. He was, he was putting his team in position on kick return or on punt returns. He was a very vital person uh, to this uh, playoff success on this team. And again, like he has that catch and to the house ability every single time he's on the field. The only problem with that is, is that we are seeing that there is still a little bit of a gap from where he is now and where they think that he should be. Um, you know, the way that they drafted him and the position they drafted him and where that they had this vision of McCall Hartman was that I truly believe they wanted Tyreek on one side. They wanted Hardman on the other. They want to put Kelsey in the slot and they want to run their offense with a three headed monster. Well, now they're not going to be able to do that because it is apparently clear that the learning curve for McCall Hardman might be going a little bit slower than it will for most. And to give it a game of Thrones reference, like Sansa Stark, she may not be a fast learner, but she still learns. So to say that McCall Hardman is not where they thought he could be ever is a little bit drastic. But for right now and for where fantasy people drafted him, like Serta and I were both kind of like, maybe this is the year that McCall Hardman takes the turn. Maybe this is the year where maybe he has eight, nine touchdowns, you know, 800, 850 yards up there in receptions. And it would appear that the way that he's played, something's not clicking. Because there was a couple games ago where he wasn't on the same page. He had a pretty big drop in that Monday night game against the Bills. I know that a lot of people probably don't focus on that, but there was a third down play where, you know, Mahomes about 10 yards out, hit in the hands, where if he could have caught it, made one move, he could have turned it into 25, 30 yards. Snaps clearly aren't there. And I can tell you one thing, the Chiefs don't mess around. Like, if you don't get it or they don't think that you're on the same page as they are that week or that game or maybe for a while, you'll play. And when Darwin Thompson fumbled or when LaShawn McCoy last year would fumble, you just go away. And when you make little mistakes like that to be a Super Bowl champion team, you have to be perfect. And that's what they try to strive on. And like Sirtis said, Demarcus Robinson led everybody. Now, he has a great-looking haircut, and he looks completely different, and maybe that's what's got him all juiced up. But it wasn't McCall Hardman on third downs twice on Monday night. It was Byron Pringle. And with Sammy Watkins out, somebody has to fill in that void. And Monday night, it was it was Demarcus Robinson. It wasn't McCall Hardman. So I'm with Serta on this. Like, if you have him rostered and you want to free up a space because you need to go get somebody because bye weeks or injuries, let somebody else take that chance on McCall Hardman. And if you miss out and he starts balling out in week 10, Wash your hands clean and be like, you know what? Maybe that's just my loss, but it wasn't worth it at the time because the production and the and the and the action on the field is not there and it's not trending in a way in which somebody should be rostered on your team. Oh, I would much rather have T. Higgins on my team than than be holding on to McCole Hardman right now. Like if T. Higgins yeah. is available on your waiver wire, drop McCole Hardman and go pick up T. Higgins because I think T. Higgins is gonna have 
more weekly fantasy upside. He's just getting more and more involved in the offense, and he had a great game this past week. Like, I like the yeah. talent of McCole Hardman, but we're just not seeing the development there as a wide receiver. And, you know, I made this comparison on the air last week. He reminds me of Travis Benjamin. Like, he's not yeah. he's not really a fantasy asset. He's a guy that you, if you're desperate one week, you need a streamer, you need a guy with a lot of upside who can catch a 70-yard touchdown and get you by. He's that guy. But he's not going to provide week-in, week-out fantasy upside. And that is apparent now. And, and you just you just can't continue to hang on to him hoping that he's going to turn into something that he's just not. Like, he's just not a route runner. He's just a straight-line speed guy at this point in his career. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying he can't develop into something more than that. But we've seen a lot of guys throughout our fantasy football lives who can't really do anything except just go deep. And that seems like that's all he can do right now. Yeah, the thing that it's comparable to is it reminds me a lot of, like, not when Ted Ginn was in New Orleans, because when he was in New Orleans, like, Drew Brees used him a little bit differently. He reminds me when Ted Ginn was with Cam Newton, where you didn't know to play him. He was always available in the wide receiver department on waiver wires. He might be projected, like, double-digit points. But it's just so boomer bust that you just literally have to depend, and you really have to dive into the matchup. And granted, that Bills matchup was not a good matchup for uh, pass-catching receivers. Tyreek Hill, I think, had, like, what, two or three catches for 20 yards? I mean, they, they locked them up. And again, that was kind of an anomaly game for the Chiefs because once they found out they could just run the ball over the Bills, that's exactly what they were going to do. And I saw some people like texting me or like tweeting at me saying this looks a lot like Marty Ball. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs weren't trying to throw it. Ty- yeah. Tyreek had three catches for 20 yards in that game. Like yeah. they, they they just weren't trying to throw it. They they yeah. the, the Chiefs have been strange this season because – they're taking more so than any other season where they know, well, we don't really care how good your defense is. We can pass on you because we can pass right. on anybody. They're just taking what the defense is giving them. And on Monday, they knew they could run on the bills and they just said, all right, we're just going to feed Clyde. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think people, and I don't know how much you want to get into this because we haven't really seen it yet. We're not going to really see much of it this Sunday. I don't think, I think we're going to see a little bit of it enough to be able to where like maybe next week we can kind of elaborate more. But the Chiefs, just because they added Le'Veon Bell, doesn't mean necessarily they're going to become this, like, bullheaded run team. I still think, like, I, I, kind of, I went on with Jay Binkley last night on his show, and he made a good point. They're going to run, like, a double-stack running back offense where they're going to basically put Tyreek on the outside, tr- two tight ends, two running backs, and one of them's going to block. The other one's going to go out, and Patrick Mahomes, 50% of the time, is going to call an RPO. And the Chiefs are still going to pass the ball. They're still going to use that because, look, that's their bread and butter. That's what they're going to do. They're always going to pass first, then run. I'm sorry, but when they played Buffalo last week, and when your team has 218 yards and the fourth quarter hasn't even started yet, yeah, you're probably going to start leaning towards the run in that game, especially when you give the Buffalo Bills the ball once in the third quarter and you can have the ball for 12 and a half minutes during that quarter. That's just football on a rainy night on a Monday night football game. But you go play Denver, and look, this game's going to be a little bit different if we're still on the topic of the Chiefs because Sunday in Denver, the temperature, 27 degrees with snow showers. So, again, I know Patrick Mahomes can quote-unquote spin it in anything, 
but something to look at when you look at fantasy matchups is look at the conditions and, you know, going into Monday night, it was a rainy night. What does that favor? The run. Who does that not favor? Guys like McCole Hardman. Yeah, and I, I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to have some weekly fantasy upside. But, yeah, Clyde's still the starter in this offense. Um, if you have Le'Veon Bell, I'm not against just taking a flyer on him this week with, with the shape of the running back landscape. But uh, let's get into some of these Week 7 matchups. Uh, Thursday night football this week, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles just continue to be absolutely decimated by injuries. Uh, Miles Sanders for the second consecutive week had a 70 plus yard run. Uh, this one just didn't end in the end zone. This one, he fumbled right before he reached the end zone. And when he got tackled, <laughs> he injured his knee. JJ Arcega Whiteside recovered the ball in the end zone. So he got credit for the touchdown. Um, that's the only way that guy's ever going to find a way to contribute because he's been absolutely awful. He was also taken in the second round. Uh, one of the worst second round picks I. I can remember in a long time. He's been absolutely terrible for the Eagles. Uh, they also lost Zach Ertz for probably a month. Um, Eagles already said Miles Sanders isn't going to play in this game against the Giants, so Boston Scott is going to be your starter. Um, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, they've, they're both questionable. They've kind of been limited in practice, kind of getting back into the mix of things. I'm still not banking on either of them to start this week. Uh, if Alshon Jeffrey starts, I think I'm just going to go ahead and take a chance on him and play him because this Giants defense has actually been better than you think it has. Uh, they've been pretty good against the run, and their passing defense isn't stellar, but James Bradbury's having a really, really good season. He's actually been a legitimate number one corner this season, so he's given the given wide receivers problems. Um I'm going to start Boston Scott because the Giants really struggle against pass catching backs, and we've seen Boston Scott have success when he's had to step into that role before. I know when Miles Sanders didn't play week one, Boston Scott kind of let us down, didn't really do much. But going back to last season, uh, weeks 14 through 17, he was actually really productive when he had to step into that role because Miles Sanders was hurt at that time. Uh, so Boston Scott's going to be a start for me this week. Uh, they don't have Dallas Goddard back yet, but if he's available on your waiver wire, I would go pick him up this week. Because there's a real opportunity here with Zach Ertz out for at least a month is what they're saying. Uh, once Dallas Goddard comes back, which could be in the next couple of weeks, uh, Dallas Goddard has a chance to be the best the best pass catcher on the Eagles. Uh, other than that, I don't really want anything in this game on Thursday night. It's just going to be an ugly, ugly offensive game, and I don't want any part of it. But, yeah, it's just Carson Wentz. He's been brutal. He did turn he did turn around a little bit last week uh, against a good Ravens defense. But I mean, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. I, I'm not starting those guys on a weekly basis. And, and you know, for the Giants, Sterling Shepard might be back, so that could be a guy to take a look at because Darius Slayton did suffer an ankle injury last week. He's uh, been limited in practice this week. There's a chance he doesn't go. Devontae Freeman's actually looked good the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he gets a very strong Eagles run defense. I just don't want anything to do with this Thursday game. No Thursday night game. I don't want any action on that game. I don't want any. I don't want any Eagles on my roster. Like I am done as uh, of any hope, desire, or want that Carson Wentz is going to be an NFL quarterback moving forward. I think that is is rest to bed. 
I don't want any of their receivers. I don't want Boston Scott. This Thursday night game is atrocious. In fact, if you can somehow pick up a shift at your job anywhere for people that are talking or listening to this, maybe you're in the service industry, go work Thursday night. Don't play anybody in this game. Maybe play Darius Slayton if you're playing somebody from the Giants. Don't play anybody from the Eagles. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. Slayton's questionable. There's a chance he doesn't play in this game. So if he doesn't doesn't go, uh, you know, I'm – I'm gonna start Boston. Ingram. I'm gonna start Boston Scott in this game because I I need him uh, because I'm a Miles <laughs> Sanders owner and, and Boston Scott's gonna be. There's a chance this week that I'm gonna have to start in one lineup. Start a Boston Scott and maybe like a Rex Burkhead or a Frank Gore because I'm that Ugh. thin at running back and I don't have a choice. And see, there's where we're at where we started the show, where it feels like week 16, where maybe, like, guys aren't playing because their team's in a favorable position. They want to hurt any guys. Injuries have piled up. Like, to give some relevance to that, like, I'm in a position this week with Christian McCaffrey hurt and Jonathan Taylor on bye and J.K. Dobbins on bye, which I think I'm about ready to drop J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think you can in anything outside of Dynasty. Yeah. And the thing about it is, uh, oh, man, like my two starting running backs this week, I'm not even kidding you, are Philip Lindsay and Jarek McKinnon. Like that's where I'm at in fantasy with my running backs because it's so thin, and those are just the guys that I think have the better opportunities. Like I know that Melvin Gordon's probably back after his quote-unquote team rest, not suspension, whatever you want to call that. And, you know, Raheem Mostert out like I have no other option than to start streaming guys that I think get the most action and play because I just don't have anything else and like you said you know you really need Boston Scott to be productive maybe this is a game where Boston Scott has you know 23 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown and you're like hey you know what this guy can fill the void while Miles Sanders is out but yeah thin scary tough streaming constantly it's uh it's a grind of a season and you mentioned Evan Ingram uh I don't think you should drop Evan Ingram just because the tight end fantasy landscape is so, so bad right now outside of the top three guys. But Evan Ingram's been absolutely awful this season. He's only got one game uh, with more than 60 receiving yards. Every other game outside of that one game in week two against Chicago where he had 65 receiving yards, he has not topped more than 35 receiving yards, and he has zero touchdowns on the season. Uh, you you just can't you cannot start Evan Ingram until they figure out how to get him involved in the offense. It's it's an ugly ugly Thursday night game. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Uh, I want to I do want to talk about the Cowboys at the Washington Football Team. However, uh, Andy Dalton threw the ball fifty four times on Monday night, but was absolutely terrible as they got trounced by thirty eight to ten. Uh, by the Arizona Cardinals, and they got trounced thirty-eight to ten with Kyler Murray completing nine passes. That's all he needed, though. He hit two for like eighty. Two of them, <laughs> two of them were for touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, whoops, had tab open. Uh, I like that. Yeah, two of them were for touchdowns. One of them went for an eighty-yard touchdown. Uh, they were both to Christian Kirk. Uh, the, the Cowboys. 
somehow at two and four are still in the lead of the NFC East because that division is absolutely awful. Um, I'm still not discounting the Cowboys' offensive weapons. Uh, Zeke was brutal on Monday. He had two more fumbles. He's had fumbling issues this season. Uh, you know, I think C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are still weekly stars. I think Dalton Schultz still has some value. Uh, Michael Gallup is nothing more than a dart throw for the Cowboys yep. at this point. And Andy Dalton, like, I, I still think that offense is good enough. We should have seen Monday night coming. Uh, we we know Andy Dalton and what he does in prime time. Like, we should have seen that game coming. Uh, but if it's a noon kickoff on a Sunday, Andy Dalton tends to play a little bit better. And this is a noon kickoff against Washington. I think Andy Dalton could have a good game here. But he's nothing more than a, a streamer. Like, Andy Dalton's not a guy that you just want to plug into your lineup on a weekly basis just because of his talented offensive weapons. Yeah, I, mean, I think the Red Rock rifle is just somebody that i don't even want to i don't want to deal with like i think he makes everybody's numbers in dallas go go south i had a theory uh or i had an idea yesterday sir um you didn't like it on twitter but that's fine um but why not have fitz magic go to dallas like i feel like that's what they need they need somebody like that in dallas that's not uh playing to like prove anything like i don't know if like andy dalton is proving something to cincinnati or trying to Andy Dalton was trash on Monday night. Um, primetime or no primetime, I don't have any trust in, in Andy Dalton. And the other reason why I, I kind of am scared to have Dallas people other than the obvious, like obviously you'd be a Cooper or Zeke. Like I get it. You want to have CD Lamb maybe in dynasties, but just let him rest. But like that team is two more weeks from absolutely imploding. Like they have now, players have now turned their backs on their coaches, which is never good to see. That also causes production to go down. That Dallas team looked completely sluggish um, as if once Dak's ankle snapped, they just didn't care anymore, which also shows how much importance Dak Prescott has and why Jerry Jones needs to stop being an idiot and just pay Dak Prescott because team morale is down. As soon as he breaks his ankle, the team gives up on the coaches and the production goes down. Like Amari Cooper's not the same receiver. Um, Schultz isn't the same tight end. Zeke's not the same running back. And that's just the way it is. And unfortunately for fantasy football owners that have a lot of Dallas investment, sir, you and I were both very, very, very high on Dallas this year, having one of the best offenses. And guess what? They did. Dak Prescott was like at 2,000 yards by week five uh, passing because they were just constantly behind because that defense was so terrible. And now that that bad defense is there and now that the bad attitude's on the team, now that team is going to be playing from behind with Andy Dalton trying to bring them back. And I just think that Andy Dalton and the NFL are no longer a relationship that is, you know, tameable for each other. And until they can figure out something different at quarterback, then the Dallas numbers for their big stars are always, uh, they're going to continue to be a little bit less exciting. They're going to be more vanilla. Obviously, if you have Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott, you have to start them weekly because they were probably top three round picks for you. But other than that, yeah, it hurts. And welcome to the 2020 season. Yeah, and it's worth noting they're dealing with a ton of injuries on the offensive line as well. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's just it, – it's all going south in Dallas, but I still think there's going to be weekly fantasy value on that team. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael, Michael Gallup's not a weekly fantasy starter like we were hoping that he would be this season. He's just more of a dart throw uh, in yeah. deeper leagues. And as far as Washington goes, 
Uh, Logan Thomas did catch a touchdown, but he's still more of a streaming tight end. And Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are in a full-blown 50-50 timeshare now. Uh, so that that's frustrating. But the Cowboys' defense is so bad, I think they both have uh, starter potential this week in your fantasy lineup. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Baker Mayfield dealing with an injury against the Steelers, but he was absolutely awful. Um, he gets a nice bounce-back game against the Bengals, though. And I think ba- Baker can turn things around. Uh, I told a lot of you, uh, and I had a couple people hit me up on Twitter, I was all over Justin Jefferson against the Falcons last week. Uh, I said on the fantasy show I would start him over a guy like Odell Beckham. Uh, made me look like a fantasy genius because Justin Jefferson went absolutely nuts and Odell Beckham did absolutely nothing because Baker Mayfield was terrible. Um, but I actually, I, I like Odell this week. Uh, I like Jarvis Landry this week. I like Austin Hooper this week. Uh, Kareem Hunt's a weekly starter. And I, and I think Baker, if you're if you're dealing with some bye weeks, I, I, I think Baker could be a serviceable streamer this week, assuming he's healthy. Uh, I, I do think the injury may be played a little bit of a part there against the Steelers, but the Steelers' defense is just fantastic, and Baker has never had uh, highly productive games against the Steelers so far in his career. Yeah, my theory is different than yours. I think Baker just doesn't play well in big games and big matchups, and I thought that he sucked on Sunday, and I think the best way to do that is be like, hey, it looks like your ribs are a little injured. Nah, they're all right. Hey, your ribs are injured. Let's take you out of the game. We'll put somebody else in. That way, when they ask us questions about, hey, how come Baker Mayfield got pulled? Oh, he had a little bit of an aggravation in his ribs, so he took him out of the game. That's my theory. Uh, Baker was absolutely terrible. Pittsburgh's for real. Um, Obviously, they have the matchup of the week this week, which I'm sure you want to dive into a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, last week was a game in which you see these all the time, right, where there's divisional matchups where they're two top two teams and one team is just clearly more – advanced well better coached or just more prepared and that's what the situation was in Pittsburgh last week and it also appears that um there's still nobody that can stop Chase Claypool yeah Chase Claypool's fantastic we can talk about him here in a little bit um and on the Cincinnati Bengals side I I still think that Joe Burrow carries Weekly fantasy upside, but he's more of a streamer. He's not uh, a guy that you want in your in your lineup each and every week. The Browns secondary is dealing with a ton of injuries, though, and they've they've really struggled so far this season. Even uh, healthy Denzel Ward, who was banged up early on in the year, he's really been struggling this season, which is a uh, which is a bummer because I was I was hoping he would really take that turn to elite level corner this year because we've seen flashes of it as a rookie in, in his second year in the NFL. Um, Tyler Boyd, still a weekly start for me, although T. Higgins and A.J. Green led the Bengals in receiving yards last week. A.J. Green led them in targets for, it seems like he leads them in targets every week, and then Tyler Boyd's like number two, but T. Higgins has been getting more and more involved. Um, I like all three of those guys in this game. I, I I would rather start, I believe, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins over A.J. Green because A.J. Green has looked so bad this season, but this could be this could be a turning point for AJ Green where maybe, you know, he's finally getting acclimated to the offense because, you know, last season with Zach Taylor, AJ Green was out the whole year. Uh maybe he's finally building some chemistry with Joe Burrow. Uh AJ Green's not going to be a Bengal after this season. So, but he needs to put something on tape. Like he he needs to produce in some form or fashion if he wants to get a decent contract after this because he's at a point in his career too where 
the production hasn't been there for a couple of years now uh, because of injuries, mostly because he just hasn't been on the field. But he's 31 years old, and I don't think he's done playing football. I don't think he's completely washed up. But if he wants to, to get any type of money this offseason, aside from like, you know, I was thinking the other day, like a comparison for what it would be like, you know, a, a guy who was a, a bona fide superstar and by 31, 32 was completely washed up. And I thought of like Demarius Thomas, like Demarius Thomas at the end had a, like he had like a five year run where he was, you know, a legitimate top five, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And then by like 32, he was just he was just done in signing uh, you know, one year deals with the with the Jets and and only getting playing time because they had a bunch of injuries and stuff like that. I'm not convinced AJ Green's quite there yet, but AJ Green's got to put some production on tape if he wants to uh, play for like a contending team and get any type of money next season. So I, I, I'm hoping this means he can continue to step up. Browns' run defense has actually been pretty good this this year, but you're still starting Joe Mixon because of volume. Assuming he's good to go, he did get hurt last week, so Giovanni Bernard could wind up being your starting running back this week. So you got to keep an eye on that. And if Giovanni Bernard goes, I think you can put him into your lineup. Yeah, so I think A.J. Green's situation is... Okay, uh, so A.J. Green's played football quite a bit in the NFL. He's been a superstar in the NFL, and he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. He doesn't have any any promise with this team um, to be a legitimate like championship contender. Uh, so he'll probably end up being like a chief next year. I'm sure Brett Veach loads this team up. That or they'll just go make a trade for Julio Jones. Obviously, um, no, I thought this Sunday, though, was the best we've seen A.J. Green in two years. And I thought that was somewhat uh, reassuring. Like maybe he's found this connection with Joe Burrow and like maybe they're able to like kind of connect. And maybe it's like you're saying, sort of like maybe he's playing for next year now and trying to get a contract or trying to prove to people that like maybe a team like Baltimore who needs a, you know, big target receiver for Lamar Jackson, maybe he's trying to get on their radar or maybe he's trying to get traded. Um, I don't know that. I can't, I can't read people's minds. I don't have telekinesis, um, but I can tell you this. He looked like somewhat of the old version of AJ green in that game on Sunday. Like, he just looked like he was getting the routes down better. He looked like he had a better connection with Joe Burrow. Obviously, that's going to be something that is a little off little off base with a rookie quarterback and a veteran receiver because one clearly knows how the NFL works, the other one doesn't. Um, but I'm like you. I'm really big on T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is worth an, worth an ad. I don't know if you need to start him. He's obviously a guy that could be uh, flagged and watched week by week because you don't know with injuries in the NFL and obviously with A.J. Green, who is – uh, sometimes made of porcelain, but I do like T Higgins, obviously Joe Mixon. I think to me, I think Joe Mixon has really taken even another step this year as a legit running back. Um, but that's who I like with Cincinnati as well. The Detroit lions at the Atlanta Falcons, this game, obviously you got to play everybody against the Falcons each and every week. Um, I brought it up on this podcast last week that I love TJ Hawkinson. He's still not getting a ton of volume, but he just keeps finding ways to produce with the limited amount of looks that he's getting each week. He's just getting, he just catches everything that's thrown his way. And he did the same thing last week. He only had a handful of targets, but he managed to get a touchdown. So he's still producing. TJ Hawkinson is a top 12 tight end every week. Like he's just, they got to get him more involved in the offense. Like he's an unbelievably talented player. 
He's got to get more targets. Marvin Jones is terrible. Kenny Galladay is a stud. TJ Hawkinson should be your second receiving option. Matthew Stafford's been a, a disappointment this year, but this is such a favorable matchup. I think you have to start Matthew Stafford as well. Adrian Peterson found the end zone last week. And DeAndre Swift, breakout game. Uh, he was still splitting touches 50-50 with Adrian Peterson, but he did a lot more with them, had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the Falcons' run defense has actually been pretty good this season, but I think a lot of that is the fact that you can just pass at will on them uh, from every position. And so I, I think that has more to do with the fact that teams just don't run on them because they don't have to. Uh, so I, I don't think that Adrian Peterson's a guy that you necessarily want to put in your lineup. I put him in a lineup last week because I didn't have a choice and got a touchdown out of him, thankfully. Uh, but I think DeAndre Swift, Kenny Galladay, and TJ Hawkinson and Matthew Stafford are all must-starts this week against the Falcons. Marvin Jones? No, screw Marvin Jones. Okay, well, I guess he hurt you. Well, yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, I just, I'll, I'll take that and run with it. I just hate Detroit. I hate watching Detroit. I hate trying to play players from Detroit. I just... I avoid Detroit at all costs. Marvin Jones has been awful this season. Like, in a game where they absolutely dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars, Marvin Jones had two catches for eight yards. Yeah, Matt Stafford doesn't like him. He liked him every year until this one. Well, something happened. Uh, As far as the Atlanta Falcons go, uh, I mean... Hayden Hayden Hurst is a little banged up right now, so keep an eye on him, but... uh, Julio went absolutely nuts last week. Calvin Ridley still had a great game. Like, it's just, yeah, you start Matt Ryan, start Julio, start Calvin Ridley. Uh, as long as Julio's healthy, he has to be in your lineup. There's people who were saying, oh, Julio's coming off the hamstring injury. Don't play him this week. And on the fantasy show on Sunday, I was like, you guys are crazy. Like, yeah, Julio, out for you. Julio Jones has to be in your lineup if he is good to go, and he went absolutely nuts. Um, another right. game I want to get to, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this That's the one. This is uh, one of the games of the week. Uh, two undefeated teams. Uh, the Steelers, Chase Claypool, rookie wide receiver, uh, had two back-to-back monster games. I think he's in another good situation here against a, an exploitable Titans secondary. Uh, we saw what Deshaun Watson did against them last week. Uh, Chase Claypool's a star. Like, he, he's, a, he's a bona fide star, and I'm glad that I have him in multiple leagues because I was on him very early in the season. Uh, Deontay Johnson did return to practice yesterday. Uh, he has a chance to play in this game. I think if Deontay Johnson plays, he's got to be in your lineup. He still was, when he's on the field, he is the most targeted Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. They absolutely love him. They think he has a chance to be a star. Uh, Juju's super concerning though. Juju's not getting any volume this year and he's been very unproductive. Like he's caught some touchdowns. That's why he's still a viable lineup wide receiver, but he is getting no looks from Ben this season. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, we know that he's really talented, but I don't know if you can play Juju, especially if Deontay Johnson goes in this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I missed on Juju. This year, I thought this was a bounce back year potential. And the first couple of weeks, it started out like Juju was actually like pretty productive. Uh, the first couple of weeks of the season with Ben being back, but it appears that there's something that's not clicking with Juju Smith-Schuster. In fact, I think he's he's worth uh, trying to fish around in your league to try to trade or package with somebody else. In fact, uh, you know this this week. In fact, I packaged Juju Smith-Schuster with Justin Herbert 
trying to go fish for a running back around my league to see if anybody would would take that bait. I don't know yet because my fantasy league is a bunch of losers and they don't check their trade or uh, their notifications all the time. But I am concerned with Juju Smith-Schuster because I don't think that that superstar receiver type of swag is still there. And I'm with you. I think Chase Claypool is the I'm, – I'm on the other side. I think Chase Claypool is the guy over Deontay Johnson. Obviously, Deontay Johnson has been hurt with back injuries and concussion protocols in previous weeks. But the way that Chase Claypool plays is 155 pounds, and he runs a 4-3-5. Not really. He runs like a 4-4-4. But, like, he literally is so big, so strong, so fast, so agile. Like, his agility is so insane that they literally just use him everywhere. Like, I think I saw a stat that, like, since the merger of the NFL in 1970 – He's the first wide receiver in their first six games to have five touchdowns receiving and like four rushing. Like the guy's a bona fide G. He's a certified stud and he should start every week. James Conner, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, and, and James Conner has been that, fantastic since week one. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I mean, it's just like he's back. You can't really think of any other body to play on Pittsburgh right now for sure starting because I just don't know about Deontay Johnson because the last two games he started, he's left early. Like, he's still kind of fragile. But Chase Claypool, James Conner, and Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, I'm thrown out there every single week if I could. Yeah, and as far as the Titans go, A.J. Brown's back. A.J. Brown is a superstar A.J. Brown goes in your lineup each and every week. Um, Derrick Henry obviously went nuts. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is a weekly fantasy starting quarterback. He's a top five fantasy quarterback. I had somebody on Twitter ask me yesterday if they should pick up Ryan Tannehill or Tua because the Dolphins announced Tua was going to be their starter uh, post their bye week, which is this week. And I was like, what? Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has been unbelievable. Ryan Tannehill is a weekly starting fantasy quarterback. And if he's not owned in your league, go pick him up because he needs to be rostered absolutely everywhere. Uh, A.J. Brown's been unbelievable since coming back. Like, he he is just a bona fide superstar. I love A.J. Brown. Uh, John U. Smith did get hurt last week. There's a chance he does not play. Uh, so keep an eye for, uh, for updates on him. Anthony Ferkser had a very nice game once John U. Smith went down. Uh, he One could time on that name. Anthony Ferkser. There we go. He could be a viable... Uh, even against a, a tough matchup against a really good Pittsburgh Steelers defense, uh, Ferkser, the way the Titans like to throw to their tight ends, he could be a viable streamer if you're absolutely desperate. Uh, I'm picking him up in a dynasty league just because he's out there and, and rostering him in case Johnny Smith misses any type of significant time. Uh, we need to get out of here, but before we do, I want to get to one more quick game, and that is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Seahawks coming. Seahawks coming out off of a bye. Cardinals' pass defense uh, and defense in general has been a lot better than I think people realize. Uh, and we saw it on Monday night. Buda Baker is an absolute superstar on that defense, and he is an absolute playmaker. Uh, they did lose Chandler Jones though, and I think that's really going to hurt them against the Seahawks team. They're well rested coming off of a bye. Uh, you got to start Russell. You got to start Chris Carson. You got to start DK Metcalf, and you got to start Tyler Lockett. Uh, I, I think this game does have a, a shootout potential. And Kyler's been a little bit disappointing as a passer this season, but his rushing ability is always going to make him a viable starter. DeAndre Hopkins in your weekly lineup. 
And I think Christian Kirk has to be in your lineup. I know I know he only caught two passes on Monday night, but it was of only nine completions from Kyler Murray. And going against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL in the Seattle Seahawks, I think Christian Kirk has to be in your lineup this week. Yeah, because I think there's other factors. This could be a shootout. I mean, this would be 842 where Russ and his prodigy, Kyler Murray, go one-on-one. Obviously, uh, Christian Kirk had a great game last week. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, is a lock. Um, Arizona is just one of those sneaky, good offensive teams. They just put up numbers every single week, it appears. I mean, I know they've had a one-down week, but, I mean, even Kenyon Drake had a, a, a really good game last week. And, of course, obviously, it's – it's good to get Seattle back in the NFL off a of bye because you get to see guys like Lockett and DK just go out there and absolutely shred it. Yeah, and, you know, I wasn't that high on Chase Edmonds moving forward. He just wasn't getting enough touches. I saw a lot of people who were way overranking him last week and who were putting him into their starting lineups. Obviously, Chase Edmonds disappointed you if you chose to do that. Um, you know, Kenny and Drake outside of that long run wasn't particularly great, but he still broke off that long run at the end of the game, and that still counts. So Kenny and Drake needs to be in your lineup uh, each and every week. But we got to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to us on the radio.com app, and we'll talk to you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.